Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Hustle Points podcast. I am your host, Rudy St. Clair, and joining me today is contributor to the barnburner.com and the Barnburner Podcast Network, Zach. How are you doing today, Zach? Hey, Rudy. Thanks for having me on. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. Also, you can listen to our podcast over on uh, the Barnburner Podcast Network on iTunes. And on Twitter, you can find us at Backdoor Cut Show. Uh, we have a weekly show. We talk Grizzlies and all things NBA. And I'm looking forward to it. Let's, uh, let's get into this. Yeah, pleasure is mine. Thank you for coming. Uh, you're a Memphis native, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So that's uh, that's sort of the angle that we're going with for this episode. It's just a uh, an interview with a Grizzlies fan, although it's not really that proper of an interview. We're really just um, doing some classic Grizzlies banter. Uh, so tell me, what what made you a a Grizzlies fan, where does your basketball love story begin? Is there a, a single moment you can pinpoint to where you knew that basketball was it for you? So Yeah, so really, my fandom kind of is a two-fold story. So about the time that I started driving, the Grizzlies were terrible. They had several seasons where they didn't win more than 22, 24 games. So the tickets were very, very cheap to, to the forum. So I had some friends that we would go pretty often um, and we'd sit in the $5 seats up in section 209, which is like way up there at the top. But we kind of developed a rapport with some of the the ticket reps because the games were very poorly attended. So sometimes they'd bump us down to to the lower level, which if you're a high school kid, then you haven't done that a lot. That's That was a pretty cool thing for us. So that kind of was a little perk that kind of drew me to the team. And then they started to get better when I was in college. So uh, I spent a lot of time towards the end of second semester, you know, watching playoff runs, staying up late, watching the matchups on the West Coast versus the Clippers. And that that was really fun. And then right about the time I was graduating, we had our uh, Western Conference final run. Got to go to a lot of those games. And that was super fun. And looking back on it, I kind of take that for granted because I was like, oh, you know, Memphis, we started off when we first came here. They were bad. But, you know, now this is how it's always going to be. We're always going to be a good team, get to go to playoff runs. The atmosphere is awesome. But, boy, I have been shocked and brought back to reality over these past few seasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not lasting forever in Memphis. It's a, it's been a rough season. Last year, we uh, obviously didn't win very many games, but it, it felt like it had a purpose to it and like it was very temporary. But uh, it turns out that it was not temporary at all, <laughs> even in the slightest. <laughs> oh man! I mean, at least we've had Mike on the floor this season, and you know when he's been on the floor, we haven't been bad. Like history has always shown, the moment that Mike or Mark or both step off the floor, we are just arguably the worst team in the league. I mean, it's it's really a lot less fun than it should be right now to be a Grizz fan. But you know, gotta stay loyal, gotta gotta grind it out 
for the grind city. Yeah, and I think that the Grizzlies mean to Memphis a lot more than just a basketball team. I think that the the key years of the grit and grind era where the team, you know, actually made its mark in the NBA were key development years for our city as well. A lot of things improved during that time. Thinking about the time where I, you know, got out of college to present day, Memphis is, has changed drastically in a lot of different areas of town. And I think that the Grizzlies have kind of been the spirit behind a lot of that improvement. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, been a very disappointing uh, year and a half. I mean, it's like last season was like sort of bittersweet. You know, we got Triple J out of it in the draft. And uh, it might have been a lost cause anyway. You know, it's not we're gonna like it's not like the Memphis is gonna make a championship run with the Warriors and the Rockets with their season last season. Really, only stood a chance at getting to the Western Conference Finals at best. If you want to get a championship, then that's not quite good enough. But honestly, for for Memphis, even just making it to the Western Conference Finals would probably feel like a championship to a lot of fans. I think. Oh yeah, we act like it was the finals, even though you know we we got swept. Yeah, but yeah. but to us it was the most incredible thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, what, I haven't been to very many playoff games as uh, I'm not quite as local as you. you know? But I did manage to go and see uh, Kawhi Leonard go and really establish himself as a dominant superstar in Memphis oh. uh, when we won Game Four and lost game six in 2017 so, <laughs> really got to see the the highest point of a uh, grit and grind where we had our final playoff win in the forum of that era you know obviously we're not making the playoffs this season and the era is arguably over and then we got to to watch it end in game six but uh, the atmosphere in the forum during the playoffs is you know i've never been to any other uh, nba arena much less during the playoffs, but I can't help but feel like the atmosphere in the forum is something special because Hell the yeah. people in the city, the fans, they all just have the same type of personality that can identify with the team and really call it their own. It's more than just the local sport. I mean, it's the only major pro sport in Memphis, and so the whole city is really behind it, I feel like, from the outside. Um, The first game I ever attended was a Grizzlies game. And although I wasn't a Grizzlies fan at the time, I was actually there to see the visiting team. It was the uh, the Chauncey Billups and Nene Nuggets. Uh, no, mention, no mention of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, you know, the, the 09 Nuggets that got robbed by the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, that team, I was there to see them. And it was a relatively empty stadium. I believe the Grizzlies weren't very good that year. It was one of the 20-something win seasons. And... The fan closest to me in the stands, there was only like two or three. We were in the in the club, so it wasn't the most populated area. Um, he told me, oh, yeah, you know, when Memphis came here, everyone was excited to have a pro sports team, especially basketball, you know, because Memphis, the college, is so good at basketball. And it's a pretty good basketball city. But then they show up, and they're just – not good. Let's go ahead and jump right into the uh to the debate slash Q and A segment of the show. Uh, true or false? The Grizzlies should trade Mike before the trade deadline. Mike Conley, of course. I think Mark is one that 
is more likely to be moved before the trade deadline. Mike is a guy that, since he has more years on his contract and it's a pretty steep contract, I could see him being able to gather more value on the market maybe this time next year or this summer, kind of depending on some of the plans uh, of some of the teams. So I think, I think honestly, we will probably hold on to Mike through this trade deadline and be looking more aggressively to move Mark since we're more up in the air about what he's going to do this summer. Right. I could definitely agree. I think it's a, I think it's false. I don't believe Mike should be traded before the deadline, nor do I think he will be traded before the deadline. Um, Mark is really the, the key piece for the Grizz right now and starting this rebuild. But I think for, I guess, less basketball and more businessy type of reasons, it could be a good idea for them to get rid of both Mike and Mark on the deadline or roughly near the same time. Maybe not trade them to the same team. I don't think many teams would even want that. But I think for just saying, okay, fans, we're doing this. We're going all in on the tank. Please bear with us. I think that would send a, the message firmly and clearly to even the most casual fans. It's like, hey, this is over. We have this 19-year-old center who can really be special, and we're looking to add another piece to go along with him, maybe some others. Uh, I think getting rid of Mike right now would send that message very clearly. Mark, for me, is almost no question he's going to get traded in the next week, and he has a player option for next year. So I don't think he would opt into Memphis, honestly. I really don't. As much as he has even publicly expressed feeling torn between his loyalty to Memphis and more business and basketball inclined uh, values he might have. I don't think that he would choose to stay in Memphis, even though the contract that he would be getting, you know, roughly 20 something million dollars for one more season in Memphis would be above market value. Uh, I think it's much more likely that he gets traded this week and ends up hopefully for the team he's getting traded to uh, ends up re-signing a a longer uh, more money deal something like like a four-year seven million dollar a year type of type of contract where he's almost a mid-level exception type of player because mark doesn't warrant 20 plus million dollars anymore it's unfortunate but he just doesn't he's not that good anymore still incredibly talented but not a superstar. Yeah, a team that I think would be really interesting and that kind of with uh, Anthony Davis coming out and saying that fairly publicly he that he's trying to get to L.A., I thought that Lakers would be a pretty interesting fit for Mark if you could get him out there and then he could opt out and, re- and renegotiate into a, a cheaper contract. The Lakers would still have plenty of cap space this summer to go ahead and sign a couple of max guys because they really don't have anyone on their books outside of LeBron. Um, for the most part, who's got all their money. And I think Mark would be a, a fine fourth option, holding anchor in defense where he wouldn't have to drive the offense. I think that's a pretty good fit for him at this point in his career. Yeah, I could definitely agree. Plus, playing less minutes is going to extend his his career just a little bit. Having less demands of him on the court going to extend his career a little bit. Overall, I agree with you. The The Lakers are a really good destination for Mark, in my opinion. I think even uh, personality-wise, I think he would mesh well with LeBron and whoever LeBron brings in, you know, because LeBron runs the Lakers now. Um, Anthony Davis, man, he really 
screwed the Grizzlies really hard <laughs> by requesting this trade. Yeah, I mean, because all, all those asks, anything that we could have squeezed out of that, you know, as far as like maybe a pick and a young guy like Josh Hart or Brandon Ingram, potentially, that's stuff you have to keep in your back pocket for Anthony Davis, no questions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Lakers are going to put all their chips in the, the middle of the table here, go all in, and really try to get Anthony Davis, which means that, honestly, it seems kind of unlikely that they're going to settle for Marc Gasol in the next week, uh, unless they could guarantee that he restructures his deal to be something incredibly affordable. But even if they did do that, the Grizzlies just aren't going to get the type of return that they would have gotten in the first place. But even outside of LA, uh, Mike and Mark were arguably just the two most valuable assets on the trade market available until Anthony Davis came out and said that he wants to trade. And that makes Mike and Mark look very insignificant, relatively speaking. Yep, for sure. Next question. Who has more value on the trade market, in your opinion, Mike or Mark? So, kind of a tricky question for me. I think Mike Mike is going to be able to bring you the most return. If you're going to get a first-round pick somehow, some way, it'd be through Mike. I don't think Mark's going to garner that on the open market at this point. Another guy who who I think almost has as much value as Mark, maybe even more considering his contract right now, is Jamichael Green. Who plays hard as hell. I mean, he, he busted his ass against the Bucks. Yep. I, I recently attended that game. That was a game where he absolutely posterized somebody. I don't know who. I think it was might have been Ilyasova. But he he hustled so hard that game. Harder than I've ever seen him hustle. And I watch a lot of Grizz games, <laughs> obviously. But Jamichael Green is definitely a very valuable player. And I again, I agree. I think he's more likely to get the Grizz a first-round pick than Mark. But even so, I'd be happy if we could just get a couple second-round picks. Oh, like the ones that we gave away for Justin Holiday like a month ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> Man, oh, don't remind me. <laughs> it's like we gave away two picks for Justin Holiday. We said no to two picks for Tyreek Evans. And I, I feel like there's probably another second-round pick in there that I'm forgetting about that we've lost somehow, some way. Yeah, I mean, we had to use picks. one for we had to use one to get Garrett Temple from Sacramento too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. God, you, so, you hear the sadness in my voice. <laughs> yeah, we could have like a plethora of them, but instead we're shorthanded. Like, I think the Grizzlies are a perfect team to just take a bunch of flyers on a bunch of second round guys, let them grow up a little bit for the along with the Memphis Hustle, our G League team, and to just. See, plug them in as we need to throughout this rebuild like we have a very good situation for young uh low ceiling high floor type of talent you know we can we can raise some prospects to be real serviceable nba players in our environment but we just don't have the draft picks to make that happen and so if we could get any amount of draft picks for jermichael green i'd be ecstatic yeah i think Hopefully we move him and Temple. If if there's really no reason why we shouldn't. Well, there's no reason why we shouldn't have traded Tyreek Evans either, but Chris Wallace screwed us on that uh, too. Good point. Good I mean, point. I just I don't have a lot of faith in the Grizzlies front office. It's like I I should theoretically as a fan uh, have some blind faith in our front office, 
but I just don't. We don't have the track record for it. I the first move where the red flags got thrown up for me and the Grizzlies for the Grizzlies front office was when we decided not to bring back Zach and Tony. I I understand the reasoning behind it. I just don't agree with it. Do you still have faith in Chris Wallace? <laughs> uh not particularly, no. See, I was so after this summer I was like, okay, you know, I like the roster makeup. Kyle Anderson. I still think Kyle Anderson, that was a good signing. He's a good piece. Uh, I was happy to have Temple at first. Uh, Mac, Mac really surprised in like the first month, and then he showed he he just re- reverted back to the player that he actually is, which is like the three assist guy, bad turn assist to turnover yeah, ratio. The Orlando Magic and assist <laughs> yeah. in season three point nine. I think he's, uh, <laughs> I think everyone knows that fact about him. <laughs> He's gonna go down in history for the, the 2000 what is 2018 Magic assist leader. Yeah, but um, yeah, outside of that, you know, getting guys like Deonta Davis and just all the other people that we've drafted has been very very discouraging. Yeah, it, you know, it's just been so long since we've hit on a, a draft pick until this year, obviously. Yeah, I mean, other than. Triple J, I honestly can't name a single draft pick that worked out really well for them since even Mike and Mark. Like, I would just say, like, it's those two and Triple J. Who else has really panned out well for us? I mean, Rudy Gay walked. Yeah, guys like Deontay Davis. Yeah, no one like this side of 2010, really. I think that's kind of like a defining moment of terrible draft picks. I mean, I guess Dylan Dylan Brooks, the jury's still out for a second round guy, but he's still a second round guy. He's not like we did, you know, we found a diamond in the rough in the first round, or even got like we I mean, got like Wade Baldwin barely hanging on by the skin of his teeth, you know. Yeah, he played his ass off in the summer league this year, but that's that's the most I've heard of from Wade Baldwin in a long time. Yeah, so I would say not particularly. Uh I'm glad we got Triple J right, but when you have such a deep draft like we did this year and you have the fourth pick, then you should – I mean, there, there's several other guys we could have gotten and we still would have done well. So not as well, but been considered maybe a success. So I, it, it's hard to give – it's hard to have too much faith, definitely. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, I just wish that we sold the whole farm to get the third pick from Atlanta – and to get Doncic. Like, I love Triple J, make no mistake, but Doncic is already entering the realm of superstar. And that would have been huge for a city like Memphis, which could use the press that a guy like Doncic brings to you. Uh, But obviously that didn't happen. We could go on about hypothetical history all day, but we're not gonna. Yes, savvy move by the Mavs. Sorry, Atlanta. Even though they got a a million first-round draft picks now. Yeah, I mean, plus the draft pick that they sold in exchange for the Trey Young Doncic swap is this upcoming draft class, and it's one of the weakest that we've seen allegedly, probably since the the lockout season. Let's uh fill in the blank. Uh, Mike and Mark's celebratory embrace and post game smooch was blank. Hmm. I'm gonna go with nostalgic. So it kind of reminded me. I don't know which game. It was, but there's a picture 
that was my buddy's lock screen forever on his phone. It's just like Mike and Mark walking next to each other and Mark just got his hand on Mike's back and they're like walking towards a score table. Streamers are flying in the background. They're wearing their white jerseys and you're like, man, that was that that hug just like reminded me of that. Like the last decade just like flashed before my eyes and you just like feel you feel a lot of things that you felt being in that arena seeing those guys hustling, you know, seeing them grow and become part of the city. So it kind of all just flooded back in a big moment of nostalgia, I think, for me. What about you? Yeah, nostalgic is definitely a good one. Um, I I would say depressing, honestly. Like, it was was wonderful in the moment, but just in hindsight, it's like, man, this is going to be the highlight of the season. It's just this January win that means nothing. And Mike and Mark look happy for the first time all year. And that's, that's going to be what we, it's, it feels like a send off of the, of the era. It was just like one completely empty, meaningless, <laughs> regular season win all for, you know what? It's, it's depressing just a little bit. It was, it was nice. It was depressing to you. You know, I, I'm allowed to have conflicting feelings. Yeah, it reminds you of yeah, what once sure. was. So nostalgic, depressing. Really how how far away are those two things? Depends who you ask, I suppose. <laughs> Definitely. Um so the next night we we had a basically the opposite of that game. And it was just a total disaster of a loss to the Nuggets where Kyle Anderson panicked in slow motion. Um, so fill in the blank. Kyle Anderson's slow motion panic was blank. Stressful. Cause <laughs> it, it was, it was very similar to when you got like little kids playing and they're learning how to dribble and they're, they're just like looking around, you know, they're, they're like kind of shaking a little bit, looking around like, who am I going to pass to? And you got all the parents yelling, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> That's exactly how that was. <laughs> Everyone who was still left of the games yelling, shoot it. Of course, Kyle's like pump faking from the free throw line wide open. No one's even coming out to, clo- to close out to try to contest the shot. Uh, I, it was like the longest three or four seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I don't understand how an NBA player can have that much hesitance in the moment like that. Like you go your whole life being the most dominant player on the floor, probably, you know, up to the NBA. And at that point, of course, naturally you're, you're going to get humbled a little bit, but you need to take the shot when you're open, when the game is on the line, no matter who you are. Like if you're Kyle Anderson, you're not going to Carlton it and miss everything. Like, you should at least take the shot. And, I mean, I'll give him credit where it's due. He did take the shot eventually, and he even got his own rebound and got up a better shot that actually went in. But this foot on the line, it doesn't freaking count, and it just seems like a metaphor for the whole Grizzly season. So that, that's what I put. I put that it was symbolic <laughs> of the oh, whole Grizzlies yeah. season. Oh, man. It yeah, was, it, it was even painful. Ben Simmons would have shot the ball. <laughs> yeah, he's and a that's coward. like against his code of ethics is to shoot the ball from outside the paint. Kyle Kyle Anderson, I, I mean, Ben Simmons really is just a glorified Kyle Anderson. If you if you, <laughs> if you boil it down, uh, I don't I don't mean that either. It's just another fun. 
the the glorified the player X is just a glorified player Y format of statement is probably one of the easiest way to trigger people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Great a, anecdote. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, next and uh, final debate slash Q and A. True or false? Grit and grind is not over yet. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say that I believe Grit and Grind has seen its last day in yeah. Memphis. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that we've tried to keep it alive. It's been on life support and the plug has already been pulled, but we're acting like it's still there and it really isn't. Yeah. I I feel like Grit and Grind ended in 2017 when we lost the Spurs. And didn't bring back Zebo and Tony Allen. And then last season was supposed to be the year of transition with, you know, a coach that the city loves and a slightly new look with the new style of play. Mark shooting threes. Everything's mm-hmm. going well. But then Fizdale gets fired and Mike goes down. And we have this awful season, which, again, had a bit of a purpose to it. You, you know, we, we got Triple J, but it's still, it wasn't grit and grind when Mike and Mark and Fizz were there succeeding. Uh, Well, not really succeeding. They, they, the When did Fizzdale get fired? Wasn't it after like the first five games or something outrageous like that? Like it was the first month of the season, right? When yeah, it was pretty Fizzle. early on because JB racked up a ton of losses. I know for his <laughs> record. Yeah, God, I, JB is not a good coach. I cannot stand watching the Grizzlies blow games in the third quarter. I, I, I like to see just how bad the streak got. Uh, I think there was a stat out there. I don't know the updated version of it right now, but when we were the the sixteen games in the January that we played, the first 16 games. I believe we lost the third quarter in all but one. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. By, by a significant margin. I, I don't know the, the updated version yeah, we, of that We stat. probably didn't even score 20 in most of those, I would guess. Uh, yeah, that, that probably is accurate. Moving into a, a little bit of Grizzlies trivia, uh, I've prepared a few questions I don't for you. I don't know if you prepared some questions for me or not. Mm, I did. I, I I warn you that I'm usually not invited to trivia most of the time, regardless of the topic. So oh, we'll dude, no, we'll see how this a, goes. <laughs> I have no problem being made a fool out of. Like I will gladly look stupid for other people's enjoyment. <laughs> I will happily expose myself for the fake fan that I am. <laughs> I actually don't even like basketball. I've never even watched a game. All right. So I'll uh, you want to do a back and forth? I'll tell you what. I'll let you go first <laughs> okay uh we'll start with a slower one who's the first memphis grizzly to be selected to the all-star game i want to say mike conley as a joke <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um i'll say mark i think it's wrong his brother pal in 05-06, Powell was the first gr- Memphis Grizzly to be selected to an All-Star game. Ah, yeah, that makes the most sense. You know, I didn't know he made an All-Star game as a Grizzly. Yeah. I, I thought that was 
They're all contained to the Lakers. <laughs> was he with Chicago when he and Mark tipped off against each other? Oh yeah, I only have such a vague memory of that. If, if you're keeping track at home, the score is zero to, to zero, and I have one X if you're keeping track of the score family feud style. <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> what year did the grit and grind era officially begin? Oh, man, I know one of my other, all my other podcast hosts will probably roast me on this. Let's see, uh, 2011. Close. It was 2010 uh, to the 2011 season. So ah. if you want to say that maybe the term didn't pick up steam until the year 2011, I think that makes <laughs> sense. I don't think you're you're wrong. So 2010, the grit and grind era officially began, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, if you wanted to, you could go in and just make yourself correct. <laughs> <laughs> it probably isn't worth that much effort. I'll just take, I'll take my losses. All right, so we're both at one red X each. <laughs> uh, although yours is much more forgiving than mine. Uh, you're, you're basically right. I'll, uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you one point in the one type of scoring category, but also a red X in the other type. How's that sound? You're you're a very generous host, Rudy. I appreciate that. All right, all right, all Next right. Question. So, who? It's kind of it's a twofold question. Or who for the Grizzlies has scored the most points in a game? If that makes or what is the? Yeah, I guess that's right. What Memphis Grizzly has scored the most points in a single game? And then how many is it? It's no one that is on the roster currently, but it is someone who is actively involved in Memphis basketball. Ooh, okay. Dang, this is tough. I'm going to assume it's under 50 points. Yes. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay, that's 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 a good first step. You said he's actively involved in, in what now? You cut out just a little bit. Actively involved in Memphis basketball. I don't know if that hint helps or makes it more confusing. It makes me want to say Jerry Stackhouse, even though I know it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking the wrong. You're thinking the wrong Memphis. Okay. Yeah, I don't keep up with college hoops, so I'll just. Um, ah. I'll, I'll forfeit. <laughs> okay. Mike Miller. Oh, Assi- wow, assistant, really? <laughs> yeah, assistant coach for the Memphis Tigers with 45 points in 2007 in a game against the Warriors. Yeah, Miller. Miller could get some buckets, man. <laughs> I had. No clue. <laughs> I was on a big Mike Miller fan club when um when right when he got traded to the Heatles. I was like, oh man, this is just like LeBron coming in, but the weaker, whiter <laughs> version. <laughs> He's gonna be backup LeBron for, for this Heat team. You know, come to think of it, I think I felt that way about Mike Miller, maybe because I watched him go off like that. Again, this is eleven years ago, so I was twelve. <laughs> maybe. Mike Miller. I would have. All right, what, what you got for me? What's your next one? All right. In the summer of 2011, the Grizzlies re-signed franchise big man Marcus Hall. What other big man did they re-sign? Uh, was it Zach Randolph? It was not. I'll give you a, a second attempt with a with a couple of helpful hints. Um, he's not very okay. good. He's not Hashim to beat, and he is not American. This is going to hurt when you say it. You want me to say it? He's, no. 
Give me one more hint. What? I need one more hint. I feel his, like I'm... his first and last name are are illiterate. They have the same beginning sound and letter. Oh gosh, I'm not gonna get it. Is is Hamed? Is it dark? No, it's Ahmed. not dark. It's, it's Hamed. It's Hamed Hadadi. <laughs> ah, yeah, fan favorite. Classic, classic big man. Always posted up at uh, was it Club 152? <laughs> all right, all right. Yep. A... Dang, that man got an extension from us. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. We signed him twice. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> we 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 chose to have him on our roster more than once. All right. So uh, again, if you're keeping track at home, we both have two big fat red X's, and Zach has uh, half a point in the other category. <laughs> What's the what's your next question? Another twofold question. What grizzly has made the most three point shots in a game, and how many was it? Let's see. I kind of want to say Mike Miller, and that it was might have been the same game. Um, I'll guess Mike Miller, and that it was nine. Woo! That's exactly right. He actually did that. He actually did that twice. I didn't. Uh, didn't write down which games that were they were, but yeah, Mike Miller, nine threes made, and he did it twice. Holy crap! I I can't believe I didn't get my third and final big red X, <laughs> and I even got a whole another point in the other scoring category. I'm excited. Yeah, you're pulling out to a big lead right now. Oh yeah. All right. So, I think uh, I think this this next one's a little tricky, but I think if you really think about it, you will definitely be able to even up the score. Who is the only Grizzlies player to make the Hall of Fame? Is it a Memphis Grizzly? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a Memphis Grizzly, not a Vancouver Grizzly. It wasn't that type of tricky. We don't we don't talk about Vancouver <laughs> on this podcast. I couldn't tell you too much about Vancouver days. I don't You want a hint? Allen Iverson. Oh yeah, that's it. You did it. No hint. Did it with no hint. <laughs> it's Alan Iverson. So the score is tied. The score is tied. <laughs> yeah, Alan. I'm Iverson. glad you said it was tricky, or I would have, I would have missed it. But thank you for that hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, do you have one more question for me? Sure. Uh, who has the most triple doubles in Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies uh, franchise history? If it's Mike Miller, I'm going to kick myself. It has to be Mark, right? Yeah, it's Mark. And do you know how many? Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not as many as Russell Westbrook. <laughs> All right, that helps. That helps a lot, actually. I was going to say 82. No. <laughs> no. Um, I'll throw out a – let's say – let's give it a Mike Conley. Let's say 11. Five. Five. Yeah, wow. surprise surprisingly like more than that. Yeah, it's a surprisingly low number, especially to lead to, you know, the franchise history. Powell was second, and he only had two. I mean, we never had anyone drop a 50 piece, so why would we get triple doubles? I don't know. One day, one day. I mean, with all these shots going up this season, maybe next season we'll stop playing so slow and get some random dude a 50 point game. You know, I feel like the Grizzlies are probably probably the best contender for your random team with some random player to drop 50 at some random meaningless time. Like, you know, the old Mo Williams for the Timberwolves type of 50-point game. Oh, absolutely. The Grizzlies are ripe to be the team that the random role player goes off on. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, if it wasn't going to be O.J. Mayo, I don't know who it was going to be, though. Oh, man. All right. Last one. Who are the top five 
Grizzlies all-time scores? This is a difficult question, I know, but at the same time, I feel like when you actually learn the answer, it's going to seem easy. Okay, let's see. Marcusall. Correct. Palgasol. Correct. Uh, Mike Conley. Correct. Um, probably Mike Miller. No. No. no so I got three. Um, Shane Battier. No, Shane Battier. Uh, <laughs> Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay is indeed on there. I'll give you um, three more guesses. Okay, OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo is not not on there. Zebo. Zebo is on the list. Ah, there we go. Round it yes, out. There you go. There you go. Whew, that did take me yeah. a lot of guesses though. Nah, not too many. Not too many. If this was a you know another show, we could have gotten in many, many, many more guesses and just not kept score and been savages about it. But <laughs> we like to keep things official. All right. Let's just call it a wrap. Anything else um, you want to shout out before we close out the show? Nah, just uh, check out uh, the-barnburner.com. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at barnburnerbro. And uh, just wrote something on there about the Grizzlies and what we need to do in order to convey the lottery pick and kind of how that sits and uh, with our odds and all that kind of uh, math, math stuff um, on the site. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate having your time, man. Absolutely, Rudy. Appreciate it. So thank you, Zach, for giving me the time and coming on my show. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, The Grizzlies trivia segment there at the end was especially fun. Uh, Turns out we, we came out tied if I kept track of the two scoring systems correctly. But thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it, Zach. Uh, We should do this again sometime. Uh, And this has been an interview with a Grizzlies fan. Be sure to check out the Dash Barnburner. As well as the Barnburner Podcast Network. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at NBA underscore Rudy, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you find your shows, like Stitcher and Spotify, and also YouTube. Uh, We are now on YouTube, and we will be having some more short-form YouTube-exclusive content. It will be a combination of both original content as well as what is essentially podcast highlights. However, they will be reformatted uh, into something more appropriate for the YouTube platform. little bit more polish on them, put a little bit more friction between myself and the YouTube content, uh, so to create higher quality content on the YouTube channel. So go there, subscribe, search Hustle Points MBA on YouTube, or check out the link in the description of this episode. Uh, Again, again, thank you, Zach, and thank you. Today is Monday, so be sure to tune in either tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday sometime. Uh, I haven't quite decided yet. Depends on the amount of craziness that happens tomorrow in the NBA world. Uh, But be sure to tune in Tuesday or Wednesday for the trade deadline preview and Friday for the trade deadline review. And then Sunday for your regular scheduled content. Thank you and goodbye.